Welcome to the Go Time Podcast. Go Time Podcast. The meeting place of industry leaders, elite athletes, and game-changing individuals from around the world. Here we explore the grit, guts, and mental fortitude required to succeed in business, competition, and life that you've been looking for. So stop looking and start listening. It's Go Time with Brendan O'Reilly and Todd Martin. Well, welcome back to the Go Time Podcast. Um, I uh, today I have no guest at all, <laughs> and and uh, my wife has been telling me that I should do some kind of random deals in between, just kind of on certain subjects. And uh, uh, and at first, I've been really kind of really pretty resistant to it because i don't know that i really want to do um my opinion on things um necessarily but um but then i remembered why it is that i really um why it is i really want to do this why i wanted to do the podcast in the first place and one of the big reasons is um it's my opportunity to talk to my kids uh later in life um as a guy going through seeing life and, um, and getting to share with them, you know, share with them, you know, a little bit about what things are going on, what things are going on in my head, but also at the same time that, um, you know, who knows if I'm going to be here whenever they get to be in their thirties, who knows if I'm going to be here tomorrow, really. Um, but who knows if I will be able to, um, be here, be an influence. Um, and with this, I can. And so, um, I hope you listen. (laughs) I hope you listen to this. Um, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you get something out of it. Um, but really it's, it's kind of, uh, more than anything, it's a conversation of my children. Um, and it's really crazy what's going on right now in our country. Um, the country that was one of the greatest experiments of a self-governing body of people, not a king, not run by a dictator, not uh, someone who was, was going to rule over people, but people having the power to control and run their government as they see fit. Each person would have a say-so, an equal opportunity and say-so. And as a result, we've had an unbelievably wonderful, prosperous, uh, not without conflict, um, not without growing pains, not without a bunch of different things, but still... All things said and done, a, a country that has flourished, that a country that every other person living in any other place in the world really wants to be. I mean, really, they they're fighting to come in, and uh, and and they have. Um, and I think that it's sad to see where things are going with it. 
And, um, but I think that the, one of the most important things that I want my children to know, I want you kids to know is when I'm training the horses and I'm doing stuff with the horses, um, there's things that can be my way or my style. I may get a horse to, I don't know, do something just a little bit more that is my style. May ride a little bit more like the way that I would want him to run to ride. But fundamentally, the foundation of what is taught to these horses has to be coherent. It has to be true. It has to be something that I can build on. When I'm training a horse, the, the horse by nature is, is into pressure. And if you're a horse person and you've seen any clinics, you, you would know that. If you're not, I mean, like you, you like horses, doesn't mean that you would know this if you just liked horses or you think they're beautiful and and, and, and love the animal. I think that's great. But you may not know or understand exactly how a horse understands and works. And the way that a horse understands and interprets things is through the lens of a prey animal. They're not a predator. They don't have fangs. They don't have eye teeth that you can rip and tear meat with. They intimidate nothing but grass. So all they do is, is, is um, they're an herbivore. They do not eat meat and they scare no one. So as a result, they're being prey. They're scared of everything. Um, but also, um, they have a desire to be led. Um, it's why they um, congregate in herds. It's, they, they, they're very communal. Um, but to understand and to be able to train one, you have to understand what they know. And then because they are an into pressure. So that means that if you've ever been in a wash rack with a, or, or around a young uh, foal or a young horse or whatever, and you go to like push to make room to get by it, it has a tendency to push into you. It, you push and it pushes back. And that's just the way that they naturally work. And so in order to teach them and to advance upon, you know, what they learn, I actually have to teach them on a daily basis um, how to move off of pressure. And to do that, I apply pressure, whether it's with my legs or my hands or whatever it is, but I apply pressure and I hold that pressure constant until they move off of that pressure. When they finally have, have exhausted all their options and they move off of the pressure, the pressure goes away and they start to learn how to move away from pressure. And the reason why that we do that and we go through that is because if one is goes into pressure, I can only ask for so much for them to go into the pressure. I can only pull my leg away so much in order for them to go into my leg or, or get them to motivate to do more. Um, I really can't. I'm limited. But if I can teach them to move away, I can actually ask more from them and I can expand upon that. And that is a fundamental part of training. I can teach in some other ways. I can do things like clicker training or response training or getting them to just react to certain things. It doesn't mean that they don't learn in some other things, but whenever I'm going to get one to perform at a certain level, 
definitely moving up into a finished level and to um, to do a higher degree of work. The foundation and the fundamentals have to be coherent with the end product. And that's just truth. That's just true. That's just the way that it goes. It's the same thing. It's an observable. And whenever you're working, you're doing things and you're being a, a child raised and being taught to, um, to do math. Um, we don't teach math. We don't teach two plus two is four only in Texas. Two plus two equals four. Even in Australia where it's upside down. <laughs> um, two plus two is still four in China. It's the same in Canada. It is everywhere. Two plus two equals four. And there's a reason why we don't change that. Because that's not true if it doesn't. If we don't do that. It's the problem with teaching this crazy math that we're trying to incorporate in. This math that is those common core math or whatever. I can't even remember what all it is. But where they teach to round up or round their numbers. You know, rounding the numbers up and down. Um, trying to teach a child to do math faster or... Um, you know, being able to, to, to be, to have other little tricks to be able to find shortcuts on stuff. And that's fine, but that's not necessarily teaching the fundamentals. If we teach to round up on a number around, well, you know, okay. So it's not anything that you can't teach one, but it is not under the idea that it is fundamental part of math. It's not fundamental. It's actually not needed nor required at all. Um, could even get you off track if you thought that that was part of the fundamentals. And to give you an example, if we just rounded our numbers up or down, depending on what it was, you want that kid building your house? Is that, is that who you want laying the foundation if you're the roofer? Yeah, well, but we rounded all of all of it up to the to the nearest inch, the nearest foot. We just rounded up and down, and it all comes out in the wash. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't, and that's not truth. That is not um, that is not a a um, that's not a foundation. And so, it's important that my kids understand, uh, you know, and I think as a father, it's really important for me to teach to my kids, what is, what is truth? You know, there's, um, theologically, theological wise, there's several different definitions or types of truth. And, and, and that's the problem we're getting ourselves into now is that we all think that not we all, but there are many that actually think that truth is subjective. That um, and and we're may, we're calling things truth or fundamental when they're not fundamental at all. Uh, whether you believe something like the theory of evolution, 
Um, and it's taught in the schools. I was taught on a regular basis. I was taught that in school. I, I, I taught that I was taught in school that, that things evolved from, I don't know, it was like a fish or something. And then it became a land animal and then it became, you know, whatever. And then we all came from, from that. Um, and that was Darwin's theory. Um, and it was taught as kind of a truth thing, right? It's called a theory, but it wasn't taught as a theory. It was taught as truth. Um, and there's a reason why it's still considered a theory and not considered truth or fundamental. The only way that it could be considered something beyond just a theory, it would have to be the next part would be a law. And the law would be have to be provable. It's the only way it becomes a law. Because if we look at it and we compare it to everything, show proof of that within our own, within um, science, that's provable, observable, something that I can see and, and know and, 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 and say for sure that's it, then it becomes a law. Gravity's a law. It's provable everywhere, right? I mean, you go to China, I go, I go to Australia, I go to wherever it is in the world, there still is a gravity. It still reacts the same way. It's constant. And so therefore, it's a law. There's several different laws. Laws of thermodynamics. My favorite one's entropy. Entropy is... The in the laws of thermodynamics is they um, that everything moves towards chaos, nothing moves towards organization. So if I build a house, I walk away from it. Twenty years from now, nothing done to it. Is it going to be the same pristine built place that I walked away from? Just built, finishing building a house. No, it always moves towards chaos. It moves towards disorganization. It starts to fall apart. If I leave a field plowed and maintained and, 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 and worked, and I come back in two years, the plowed field doesn't look the same. Right? It moves towards chaos. It does not move towards, towards um, organization. And this is observable in everything. Everything that we see, we, we energy is lost. Things are, nothing st moves towards uh, organization. Nothing moves in the direction of, and you look at that as, uh, even look at it and go, well, but, but babies work towards more, you know, growing, becoming, yeah, but ultimately at the end, it moves towards chaos and moves towards death. So it's all in the end moving towards chaos. And the definition of evolution is evolving towards organization. It's not provable. It doesn't, it's not observable. It doesn't show that anywhere. As a result, that is a theory. It's not a law. Entropy is a law. And these are my observations. And because of that, I can find out what truth is. Truth is, you know, one of the greatest things about our country, 
that one of the greatest things about the written documents of our country, why did they, why did all the founding fathers put in God we trust? And they, the foundation of all of these different things all comes to God. And it's just because they were just a bunch of Christians, a bunch of guys that, that, went to church and that was just popular and that was the thing. And that's why they did that stuff. It has nothing. And it's just, you know, they just had to put that in there. And there's a big reason. It was more than that. I mean, if they were all Christians and they would have said, you know, in Christ, we trust. Right. I mean, that's our Lord. As a Christian, that's, that's what we believe is to be our Lord and savior. So why did they put God So, and there's a big reason as to why they did that. Those guys were sharp, sharp guys. There's a reason why they stated that in God we trust, that we, that we, um, that it was, that, 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 that our, our inalienable rights were given to us by God. Um, everything that they wrote about was the foundation was God. And there's a reason. Because with God, there's a giver of morality. Truth really comes down to morality. Truth is something that is observable, is provable. Not based on one person, because if there was somebody that was psychotic, he could say that truth was based on whatever he sees as to be true. So what is truth? Why did they do that? The real reason why they added that was that there had to be a giver of morality. Morality is not something learned. Morality is something that's given. The saying that people say now is like, well, that, that's true for you. What's, well, you know, but this is my truth. Doesn't necessarily because you think it's true doesn't mean that it's true. Right? Truth is something that's observable everywhere. It's like a law. Right? It's really true. When we take the foundation out of words, the meanings away from words, and we start to and make them, you know, like, well, whatever I want to make them. When we start making truth subjective, when we start making morality subjective, because we've taken God out of the equation, and well, that's just your truth, and this is my truth. But truth is that I want to believe what I want to believe to be true. This is really who I am. This is who I say I am, and that's who I am. Truth becomes subjective. Morality becomes subjective. The foundation of everything becomes subjective. And that's not truth. It's just simply not. And we all know it. 
the reason why we all know it and the ones who are fighting the hardest for their version of truth to be right is because they know it's not right. They want to live their life along their own rules. It could be something as harmless. As harmless as, I just want to be, I want to live like a girl. Okay, you know, you don't need me to tell you you can live like a girl if you're not a girl. I, it doesn't affect me. But truth is still truth. And you can't make me agree that something that is not true is true. Just because it makes you feel better. Reality is not subjective. Morality is not subjective. If that was true, if morality was subjective, if my morals were just whatever I wanted them to be, then and what, what's good for me is good for me, and what's good for you is good for you. then if what's good for me is I kill you, is that true? If your line of thinking is that, then what's good for me is good for me and what's good for you is good for you until what's good for me is I kill you and take all your crap. And so is that true? If that's true, and if we're all just on this evolution thing, we're just, to the winner goes the spoils, the strongest will survive, then your theory supports crazy men like Hitler, like Stalin that killed people by the masses because it was good for them. It was what they wanted. That was their truth. Your issue of a someone who has the issue of, but this is my truth. Small potatoes. It seems like small potatoes just to let me live the way I want to live. I can let you live the way you want to live, but we still have to define what truth is. We still have to know what truth is. Truth is, a lot of us have a hard time. A lot of us have struggles. Life isn't going to be without struggles. Truth is, you can be mad about those struggles. Those are places where you learn. If you don't, if you just stand there and shake your fist and are mad because you have another trial to go through, 
You're like a child that just wants what you want. You're mad at mom and dad because they won't let you do what you want to do. And a mom and dad's not supposed to let you do what you want to do. They're supposed to make you grow. A mom and dad that lets you do whatever you want to do. You're not their top priority. My kids are my top priority. Man, letting you go and do whatever it is you want to go and do. Just go and do it. God, I'd make it a whole lot easier for me. <laughs> I can go and do what I want to go do. But I don't. Because my objective is to grow you. My objective is to prepare you to know what truth is. My job as a parent is not to keep you from making any mistakes. Oh, God, I want to. You have no idea. Absolutely no idea. I want to shelter you so much. I want to take all of my kids run off to some place on the middle of nowhere have a little farm and raise some livestock and live off the land and run away from the world so I can shield you, protect you, and love you. But, but for one, I'm not in the predicament I probably would. Two, I don't know that that's what's best for you. I think what's best for you is for me to take you and walk with you through these years. And I hope I'm here for a lot of them. But my job is to walk with you. Hmm. walk with you the way the way Christ has walked with me he he's been with me in the times when I've had the hardest times I didn't think he was around good lord I thought I was by myself he wasn't he was there I was too focused on myself a lot of other things. But he was there. He cared enough to be there. It's evident in my life. That's my desire. Is to be there. You may not think I'm carrying you. Man, I hope I am. I hope I'm doing a decent enough job. I know I fail on a regular basis. But I hope that you're short-sighted enough that you don't remember.
I look back at the things that my father did. And I thought, gosh, he's just, you know, I, there's times I thought I, I look back and think, oh, I did that by myself. I did this by myself. I didn't. Oh, my gosh. My dad helped me out so much. He stood beside me so much. He did things with me when I had no idea he was doing things with me. I had a time where I wanted to do my first triathlon. I was in the military. I was stationed up in Lubbock, Texas. And there's a small, small mini marathon or mini triathlon that um, I wanted to do. And I'd been cycling for a while and I'd been, I hadn't practiced any swimming actually. I did a little bit of running. I really can't stand running. Um, I run when somebody chases me. Other than that, I don't run at all. But um, I wanted to do it. It was a time in my life that I wanted to. My dad, I was living way up in Lubbock and my father was in San Antonio. My dad trained for a triathlon on his own, at home, away from me, so that he was prepared to drive all the way up to Lubbock and run a marathon with me. Okay. To run my first marathon and his first or triathlon, not marathon. My first triathlon and his first triathlon together. It was crazy. When I didn't think my father was with me, he was. I did beat him at the swim. He almost caught me in the run. It was everything I had to keep him from running. Have let an old man beat me. Uh, you know, and thinking back, I think I was, I'm the same age that he was when he ran that triathlon. It's crazy to think of. But he did. And that's in a good example of what a father should do. Is step into, step in the hard parts with me. So that he can share along those things and redirect me and point me towards truth. When the world is tugging at me a different way. And that doesn't even have to be the world tugging me at me a different way. Because I know my heart. I know my heart's a sinful heart. I have a desire to serve myself. Hmm. That is a hard part. That desire to serve yourself. It's what my default is. It is the same thing as a horse that's moving into pressure. That's the way I see things and it's my go-to. I go back to it. Just to serve myself. But I work against it. Truth is, serving myself gets me nowhere. It's uh, 
endless cycle. I think a lot of us come to that as an older age, I hope. Come to an understanding that even if you did go and do something and you accomplished something in life and and whether it was, you know, accomplish the job or the status that you were wanting to or accomplish the, getting the car that you want or whatever it is. But that next step is the same. It could really... Um, it's just another step. It's just another rung in the ladder. And if you reach the pinnacle of it all, next year, it's another pinnacle. Next year, it's another futurity. It's another football game. It's another fiscal year on the calendar. It's another financial goal. It's another, 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 another. And in the end, it becomes much more meaningless. But going back to what is truth, what is provable, what is knowable, man, that's important. Words have meanings. There has to be a foundation to the words we use. Even when we look at something like evolution. You know, and I'm not going to debate all of that other stuff. I'm not some kind of great scientist on stuff, but I at least look at enough stuff and enough observable stuff to know that, you know, I didn't come from goo. I mean, in all reality, any of us that sit and listen to that, it knows that it's just plumb nonsense. That we all came from goo. And if we can't explain how we came from goo, then we're going to add another 2 billion, 5 billion, gazillion, trillion years to the stages of evolution to compensate and make up for the lack of crap that I can't support my BS with. It's not true. So much so that we have to have a definition of what evolution is. Is there adaptation between species? Sure. No one argues that. Can a skin color adapt by based on the area that you live over hundreds of years sure can a finch change its beak based on the environment and through breeding yes can horses you look at horses can we breed the foot off of a <laughs> off of off of a halter horse yes we can can we breed the spots off of an appaloosa yes we can that is called adaptation. Evolving between species, there's no, there's no scientific proof to validate that. If there was, it would be a law. As a result, 
It is only a theory. Your words have meaning. And if we don't pay attention to the meaning of the words that we use, if it means that I can, my reality is my reality and now my words are my words, we will fall to this thing. Your words have meaning. Man, truth has a purpose. Truth definitely has a purpose. One of the biggest unanswered questions there are in the written history. Pontius Pilate, standing in front of what I believe to be God incarnate. And he asked. He asked God himself, what is truth? And he didn't stick around for the answer. Isn't that crazy? He didn't stick around for the answer. One of the greatest questions of all time. I'd love to have heard the answer from his mouth. Truth is, you can put your hope in something. But for now, understanding that a foundation based in truth in everything you do is so important. Truth in your word, when you say you're going to do things, when you say you're going to pay a debt, raising the debt ceiling is not the answer. The meanings of your words man holds a lot of weight whether there's truth behind your words man other is knowing who you belong to and all these things form your worldview it's how you view the world through what lens yeah Nice little message today from, from Dave here locally. When we look at a horse that is someone who, or something, an animal that is a prey animal, he sees everything as a threat. And that's the lens he looks and sees his world through. He sees the world through the lens of he can be eaten. And I've watched many a horse be scared of the llama across the fence at our place. 
And that dumb llama is no threat to anybody. <laughs> and just because that horse is scared of it does not mean that it's true that that thing is going to eat anybody. That is his interpretation, but it's not truth. Truth is not subjective. Truth is observable and provable. I, uh, if any of you out there are still on or listening, thanks for listening. I kind of rambled a little bit, but um, that was aimed mostly at Matthew and I at George and Davity. I think it's pretty cool to be able to leave some of this for them. And um, get to share things with them from this part of my life. And talking to them like they're the 20-year-old or 30-year-old that they soon will be someday. Living their life through um, who knows what's to come. And... uh and I don't know, maybe there's other kids out there that, you know, wish they had a father that would take the time. Wish they had a father to take the time to be able to talk to them and tell them what, discuss things that are truth. Lend them the opportunity to, to learn. And, uh, I don't know. I guess that's why I do this. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I do. I enjoy it. Thanks for listening. Love you, kids. Thanks for listening to the Go Time Podcast with Todd Martin and Brendan O'Reilly. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Go Time Ranch so you can come work with us each day to learn, have fun, and be inspired. For information on bookings and merchandise, please visit www.gotimeranch.com.